Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for May 25th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everyone today? Oh, big Thursday night show. What big Thursday night show. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you what's on my mind. You know, so I was taking in the coverage, you know, from uh, Ron DeSantis's big announcement. And, you know, it was just just so incredibly predictable that you watch, you know, CNN and you see stories from CNN and MSNBC. And all they could talk about was, of course, the the uh, technical glitches, the technical glitches in the rollout and that it took like 10, 15 minutes for everything to get copacetic. And it's not only predictable, I mean, I knew because I went on Twitter uh, at the time of the announcement and I had trouble getting in, you know, and I said right away, I said, oh, this is so predictable now how the left wing media is going to say that uh, this is a Ron DeSantis's fault or, you know, it's 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 just, you know, an easy thing in their wheelhouse. Right. Because it's Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk. And so they would just totally pounce on the fact that there were glitches. Now, remember, the left-wing media totally downplayed the Obamacare. Remember the Obamacare website when it first went up? And there were it was more than just 10, 15 minutes of glitches, by the way. That Obamacare website was like days and weeks of people not being able to get on, not being able to get health insurance, which is probably, I'd say, more important than an announcement. So, but... This is the hypocrisy of the left. It's very expected that the Obamacare rollout was terrible, right? And they had all this time, much more time to prepare. I'm guessing this Twitter thing with DeSantis was not months in the making, okay? The Obamacare thing was months in the making. They knew it was coming, and yet they still weren't prepared for that rollout, right? And and millions of people couldn't get health insurance because of it. And there was barely a peep from the left-wing media, you know, they, or, or they excused it as, you know, hey, it's technical issues and it happens and what are you going to do? And it's not Obama's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's nobody's fault. But there's a 10, 15-minute delay in, in an announcement, Ron DeSantis's announcement on Twitter, totally new thing, probably a couple of days in the making, maybe a week in the making, and and they and of course it's this huge thing, but it's so incredibly childish. It's incredibly childish to make fun of technical glitches in the year twenty twenty three. Okay, we've seen technical glitches. Like I said, we saw it years ago in the Obamacare website rollout. But then we've seen it over and over again. We've seen technical glitches, right? And it could be anything. It could be online town hall, especially during the years of COVID, when people were doing the Zoom stuff, it was all very new. And there were tons of technical glitches everywhere. But like I said, it's just, it's just a childish, immature thing to pounce on. Now, most Americans would say, okay, great, there was a few minutes of technical, what, what else? What, what do you get from a 75-minute announcement where the candidate took questions from regular people for the first time in the history of our country. Um, what do you get from that? So 
the whole thing, let's say with the 15 minutes of technical glitches and the 75 minutes of, of talking was about an hour and a half. So out of that 90 minutes, you basically get from that entire thing, technical glitches. Is that what you get from it? Are you to be taking seriously as a news outlet, as a journalistic outlet? That's what you get from that whole thing? Technical glitches? Is that what you report to the American people? Let's say I knew what happened, right? Because I'm in tune. But let's say I'm not. Let's say I'm an average American and I'm not paying that much of attention. So I want to know what happened. I didn't tune in. I don't know about technical glitches. I have no idea about the announcement. I don't know about the questions that were taken. I'm an average American, all right? And you're a fucking journalist. So let's see if you can do your goddamn job for once. I want to know what happened. What was the what was the meat and potatoes of that hour and a half? Technical glitches? Because if you read stories or if you watched the, the major networks, you would think that's the headline, right? That's the lead. Technical glitches. Not Ron DeSantis's seven minute off the cuff, unscripted speech. Not that. Not the hour and fifteen minutes of questions from regular people. Not that. The technical glitches is the story. If you listen to the left-wing media, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, the usual predators, that, that's the story. Now, of course, those of us who know what happened know that's not the story. So once again, these are not real journalists. These are political activists. And they, they take from a story what they want to promote their narrative. Right. And their narrative is the rollout was a total disaster for Ron DeSantis because of technical glitches. Now, I totally expect that immature, childish, predictable response from CNN and MSNBC. But I turn on Fox News last night and I'm watching the coverage and Fox and News first and all that stuff. And all they could talk about were the technical glitches. And according to Fox News, the rollout was a disaster. The announcement was a disaster. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I expect this from CNN and MSNBC, the fake news, that the whole thing was a disaster. Instead of saying it was delayed 15 minutes, okay? What happened after the first 15 minutes of technical glitches was not a disaster. It was actually fucking groundbreaking, okay? So instead of covering it that way, that's the, if I were a real journalist, I'd say after a, a glitchy first few minutes, what we saw was a groundbreaking event that we've never seen before, whether you like Ron DeSantis or you don't, whether you like Elon Musk or you don't. It was a groundbreaking moment. No one has ever done it like this before. No. Tell me when someone else, please give me the other event where someone announced they were running for president and they took an hour and 15 minutes of questions off the cuff from regular people. Let me know when that happened before. Am I okay? It never happened before. So that's the fucking story. Technical glitches happen every time, like they happened once again with the Obamacare rollout. Technical glitches happen all the time these days. Nothing new. What is new is that Ron DeSantis spoke for an hour and 15 minutes, seven minute speech off the cuff, and took questions from regular people. That has never happened before when someone initially announces their run for president of the United States. So that's the story. But once again, I'd expect it from CNN and I'd expect it from MSNBC, but I wouldn't expect it from Fox News. And yet there it was.
And this was a continued, as I've spoken about on this show before, a continued attack on anyone who runs against, well, I shouldn't say anyone, scrap that, not anyone who runs against Trump, anyone who's a direct threat to Donald Trump, and there's only one person running right now, and that's Ron DeSantis, who's a direct threat. Everyone else is a fake, okay? They're nice people, maybe. They have some good ideas, maybe. They're not winning. You're not going to get President Scott. You're not getting President Ramaswamy. You're not getting President Haley. Not happening. It's not happening. There'll be no big underdog story here, okay? So those people, Fox News, are nice to. The same people that Donald Trump are nice to because they know he's not a threat. Fox News is nice to. But the one person, the only person in this country who's a threat to Donald Trump is Ron DeSantis. So Donald Trump goes after him. And so does Fox News. And so you say, Mike, why? Why does Fox News go after Ron DeSantis, call his rollout a disaster, and kiss Trump's ass constantly, and constantly put up those fake polls, those fake stale national polls that show him 30 points ahead, okay? Those fake bullshit polls that anyone with a fucking IQ over 50 knows are bullshit. They'll keep on playing them over and over again. And they say stupid things like, do Republican voters really want an alternative to Trump? Do Republican voters really want, do they really need an alternative to Trump? Meanwhile, a new Marquette poll, I'll, I'll, I'll shove another, I'll shove a poll of Fox's ass. A new Marquette poll shows 76% of people don't want Biden to run again. Okay. Three out of every four Americans say no, no more Joe Biden. Two out of every three Americans, 64% say, no, no more Trump. So two out of every three Americans just polled, said they don't want Trump again. Yet on Fox News, uh, do they really do, do? Do people really want an alternative to Trump? Are they happy with Trump? It's such bullshit. But there's a reason why they do it. Now, the left attacks DeSantis because he's an incredible threat. And the right Trump supporters attack DeSantis because he's an incredible threat. In other words, Ron DeSantis could become president of the United States. And that's a threat to the left and it's a threat to Trump supporters. Okay. So this is the way it goes. But Fox News, you'll say, okay, so why do they care? Well, they care because of ratings, because the majority of their viewers are Trump supporters. Now, remember, this may have not have been as big a deal before they fired Tucker Carlson. But they fired Tucker and their ratings plummeted. Their ratings plummeted. They won't talk about this as an analogy, but their ratings went down as fast as Bud Light stock. Okay. Went down like 40%. Boom. Right off the bat. Okay. And their ratings haven't recovered to the point where MSNBC is beating them now in certain places and probably will beat them overall soon. So now they know now they're in trouble. So now there was a meeting. There was a meeting somewhere, and the meeting was the, the viewers we have left, most of them love Donald Trump. Do not bash Donald Trump. Do not say anything supportive of Ron DeSantis because we'll lose our Trump supporter. We don't want to lose our Trump viewers. We can't afford to lose any more viewers, so we have to keep these people. And the way they keep them is by kissing Trump's ass and lying about Ron DeSantis. So I decided, you know what? I've been watching Fox pretty consistently for the last three years or so. I'm not watching anymore because I'm not going to deal with the next 10 fucking months of them sucking Trump's you-know-what. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to listen to 10 months 
of, of uh, sucking sound when it comes to Donald Trump. I'm not doing it. So they have now lost another loyal viewer. They have made the calculation that they need, they need to be Trump all the time, pro-Trump all the time, in order to not lose more viewers. Well, they just lost this one. So we'll see what happens. But that's the calculation they're making. It's a very different calculation than the left. The left just doesn't want Ron DeSantis to be president. Fox News doesn't give a shit if Ron DeSantis, they, they would be fine with that, but they are afraid of losing ratings in this primary season. And so they want to keep the majority of their viewers who they believe, hey, they must have numbers, they must have a way of knowing this, uh, to keep Trump supporters. They need to kiss Trump's ass. So that's what I'm seeing on Fox, but I'm not going to watch Fox anymore. I'm not going to watch it. So I'm not going to watch any of the networks now. And you're saying, yeah, Mike, right. Come on. You watch Fox News all the time. You talk about Fox News. You can't do it. It's like crack to you. No, trust me. I'm not watching Fox News anymore. That's it. And yes, at this most exciting time, I'm not watching Fox News anymore because I'm not going to just take 10 minutes of Trump cocksucking. I might as well just say it, you know. Uh, so it's, 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 once again, it's all planned. It's all planned. The people there don't care, but they want to keep their jobs, right? So, like, you have Brian Kilmeade and you have uh, Pete Hegseth and you have Will Kane and Todd Pyro and Joe Conchin. They want to keep their jobs. It's already bad. They're already having to fire people because they're losing money and sponsors and viewers. And they want to keep whatever they have remaining through this primary season. And they have made that calculation that they're going to support Donald Trump, period. And proof is basically... In a normal time period, there's no way Fox News would have called a true conservative. And they know this. They're not stupid. The people there know that. And we'll get into some clips that show this. Ron DeSantis is the true Republican conservative. He's the true conservative here, not Donald Trump. So in a normal time, Fox News would not be denigrating Ron DeSantis. They'd be all for Ron DeSantis. But they're worried about their ratings and they're worried about their money and they're worried about their jobs. So they've made that calculation that the people that watch them, most of them, not Micah Chopoli, and I'm sure they've turned off some other people as well, but they don't mind. They'll deal with that. They want to keep the majority of their viewers who are Trump supporters. This is why when you watch Fox and they do these things, they go like, you know, they go like to diners around the country. And which always amazes me that people are eating breakfast at five in the morning. It makes me want to puke. But anyway, they go to these diners and the people know they're going to be there. So they come, right? They come at five in the morning and they do these polls, these impromptu polls. They think they're scientific polls and they go around the crowd. Often it's in Florida and they go around the crowd and they go, who are you voting for? Ah, Trump, Trump, Trump. Because Fox News viewers are all fucking Trump supporters. So if you watch Fox News and you live in a vacuum, you're thinking, oh, fuck, DeSantis has no chance. But no, of course, that's not the case because the Republican Party overall are not Fox viewers. But the people who watch Fox, the real, the people who watch Fox religiously are mostly Trump supporters. So it's all skewed towards that. And that, and they know that. They know that. So they know the people who watch them want to hear them promoting Donald Trump and going after his biggest competitor, which is Ron DeSantis, which is why you get that bullshit coverage where they talk about how the rollout and his was a total disaster. That's the word they use, disaster. 
because it had 10 minutes of glitch. This is what's so hilarious about all of these networks. <laughs> I thought this so funny about all of these networks going after Elon. Wait a minute. And Todd Pyro said one of the most idiotic, asinine things I've ever heard a man say in his life. And Todd Pyro's not a stupid guy. But this shows how much he's afraid of his job. Um, you know, it's great being single. We don't have to be a whore. You don't got to be a whore for a job. I have to admit that. I love being single. I don't have to be a whore for a job to support a family. But, you know, everyone at Fox has 25 kids, so they need their jobs. And so Todd Pyro actually said, and this is the most, like, mind-bending, twisting, asinine bullshit I've ever heard in my life. He said, oh, well, the rollout, that bad rollout really shows poor leadership skills for Ron DeSantis because he should be able to know uh, someone running for president should be prepared for something like that. Like, he fucking runs Twitter, you fucking moron, Pyro. I know you got to keep your job because you got, whatever, 25 kids and a wife, but then you sound like a fucking prick. It goes to Ron DeSantis' leadership skills that there were 10 minutes of technical errors on fucking Twitter in San Francisco? Are you fucking kidding me? And then he really twists it and he goes, well, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe the DeSantis campaign did it on purpose. He goes into this grand, ridiculously ass-backwards conspiracy theory that maybe Ron DeSantis did it on purpose. So I'm trying to think, what the fuck? So why would he do it on purpose? Because he wanted to show a lot of people are, are trying to get in. It was the most ridiculous, mind-bending, twisting, asshole-twisting thing to say. To say, oh, maybe Ron DeSantis did it on purpose. And then he said, either way, whether Ron DeSantis did it on purpose or not, or whether it was glitches, it shows he's not a very honest person. This is what they're doing on Fox. This is how desperate they are to keep their viewers after they made the worst decision in the history of cable news. And got rid of Tucker Carlson. So it is that getting rid of Tucker Carlson that has caused them to lose millions of viewers, billions of dollars, and has caused them to now become this fucking moron network where they're going to say these ridiculous things just to keep the Trump supporters watching. Okay? So it drove me crazy. I said, that's it. I'm not watching this. I'm not watching these people acting like dumb fucking idiots for the next 10 months so they can keep their viewers and keep their jobs. I'm not doing it. So that's it. I'm done with Fox. And so I'm done with all the networks. I'm not going to watch CNN, MSNBC. It's going to be a very peaceful 10 months. I'll just do my show five days a week. I'll say what I want to say, which is all I fucking care about anyway, is my opinion. So in the end. So, but this is insane. You have 76% of people saying they do not want Biden to run again. 64% say, please, Trump, don't run again. And yet you have these networks saying, well, do the people really want an alternative to Biden? Do they really want an alternative to Trump? Uh, yes, the polls show us they want an alternative to Biden and Trump. Which tells you this. Here, let's put two and two together like normal people who can add. Put two and two together. That means if the Democrats allowed a fair primary to play out, JFK, RFK Jr. would probably win, Right. And if the Republicans let a fair primary play out, Ron DeSantis would probably win because most people don't want Biden and don't want Trump again. Okay. They just don't. They don't, they're not clamoring for another Biden Trump matchup. People don't want three consecutive presidential elections of Hillary Trump, Biden Trump, Biden Trump. Okay. Basically three consecutive presidential elections of what? Three fucking people. Three people. The same three people. Hillary, Biden, and Trump. That's not what Americans are clamoring for in 2024 for, okay?
And once again, here's another memo to Republicans. If you're saying Joe Biden's too old, let me let me give you a little a little hint. So's Trump. Okay, if you're saying Biden is old, then Trump is old also. Okay, you got to put those two things together. If Biden's old, Trump's a fucking old white guy, just like Biden is. Okay, so if you'd want younger, if you want younger, you got to go for Ron DeSantis, right? If you think 80 is too old to be president, then you can't vote for Trump. You have to vote for Ron DeSantis. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite by saying Biden's too old. You're saying, oh, oh, no, a Democrat is too old, but a Republican, not too old. You know, one of the biggest frauds, and I'll get into some Ron DeSantis clips and I'll stop yelling, I promise. But one of the biggest frauds that Trump has perpetrated on his cult is that he's this strong, tough, confident leader. When exactly it's 180 degrees the other way. He's actually a bloated, soft, insecure, weak child. But he's fooled his cult into believing that he's this strong, strong man, strong individual. Such bullshit. He's an insecure little baby. He's an insecure little baby. That's what Trump is. That's what he is. Which is why he's attacking DeSantis from the left, which is stunning. It's a stunning, and this is another thing that boggles my mind. The Trump campaign this time around is the worst campaign I've seen in my life. It's the worst campaign I've seen in my life. They spent like $20 million on the same attack ad, right? Saying that Ron DeSantis wants to get rid of Social Security when he's the fucking governor of the oldest uh, place in the world. It's ridiculous. They reelected him by a million and a half votes, meaning elderly people voted for him in droves. Why? Because he wants to take their Social Security away. And Trump has spent like $20 million on these same stupid fucking ad that no one believes. And their whole campaign is let's attack Trump from the left. Let's attack Trump, um, DeSantis from the left. Let's attack DeSantis the way Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden or the Democrats are attacking. Let's lose the Gavin Newsom, Biden, Democrat method of attacking DeSantis. That's what we're going to do. How is that going to win over conservatives? How is that winning over conservatives that Trump is running against this far left liberal using the same attacks that DeSantis, Biden and the Democratic that Newsom, Biden and the Democratic Party use against Ron DeSantis? How is that a brilliant campaign? How? How do you win a Republican primary that way? But Trump is a child. So all he told his people who he's paying very well, I'm sure, is go after him. Whatever you have to do, whatever you have to say, go after him. Here's Ron DeSantis on Newsmax. Maybe I should watch Newsmax. Does anyone watch Newsmax? Are they fairer when it comes to not like, you know, like Trump all the time? Maybe I'll watch them. But they did have a great interview with uh, DeSantis earlier. And this was DeSantis talking about Trump's attacks. A lot of conservatives, you know, we kind of laugh when you hear it, but a lot of conservatives believe that a Trump DeSantis or DeSantis Trump ticket is unbeatable. Real quick thought on that, and then we'll go into some some of the, the other stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that some of the things he's been attacking me on, I've been a little surprised at because he's attacking me from the left. And that really wasn't the Donald Trump from 2015 and 2016. I mean, he was a hard charger leaning in uh, on all the issues, very edgy on conservative issues. And it was part of the reason he did so well. Uh, but when he's taken Disney's side against me, I just kind of wonder, like, OK, I get he wants to hit me. But don't take the side of a multinational corporation that wants to sexualize kids. He's also hitting me against voting against immigration amnesty. 
There was the Goodlatte 2 bill in 2018, and he said that that was akin to voting against the wall, but that bill was a two million person amnesty for illegal aliens, very little money for any border security. All conservatives opposed it. He did support it as president, uh, which a lot of us were upset about, but to hit me for being taken the America first position, I just think is a little, little strange. So I'm not sure what his strategy is, but I think he's taking positions that are a little bit different than, uh, than four or five years ago. Well, there you go. That's perfect. Totally perfect. And that's exactly what Trump is doing. <laughs> What's the, that's the winning formula. It, I think Trump has the winning formula as a Democrat. He should be running as a Democrat against Ron DeSantis. He's got a winning formula there, right? Go after, go after him for going after Disney. Wait. So Trump, the supposed real Republican conservative, calling everyone else a rhino, including uh, including DeSantis, calling everyone else this establishment Republican, including DeSantis. Here's a guy who's actually attacking Ron DeSantis for going after Disney, for sexualizing children, going after Disney for special tax breaks that no other corporation has. That's the angle Trump is taking. He's pro-Disney. That's the winning message in a Republican primary. That's the winning message for conservatives. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, what Trump is doing is he's taking the attacks that the, that the Newsom uses, that Biden uses, that the DNC uses, and he's using them against Ron DeSantis because he's desperate, because there's nothing legitimate that he can attack Ron DeSantis on. In other words, what you usually do in a Republican primary, right, is you say my opponent isn't conservative enough. What Trump is seen saying is he's he's too conservative, DeSantis. I'm the liberal here. <laughs> Ron DeSantis needs to be more liberal. He's too conservative. It's not the way you win a Republican primary, but he's desperate to twist anything around the way he can because you can't attack DeSantis as being a bad conservative. That's what you do in a Republican primary, right? You say this person's a bad conservative. This person's not, my opponent's not conservative enough. He's saying DeSantis is too conservative because he can't say he's not conservative enough because everything he just got accomplished in the Florida legislature is conservative. Everything, everything is a, is a pure conservative bill that he got passed. So there's nothing that Trump can attack him on. So he's kind of between a rock and a hard place. And so all he's going to do is try to twist it into everything that Republicans believe. Everything you believe over the last several years is wrong. Don't believe all that. You got to be pro Disney. Right? You got to be pro vaccine. You got to be pro vax. Disney's great. And the vac. that's Trump's campaign. Disney is great. And the vaccine is great. That's a winning message. If I'm running in a Democrat primary. It's not a winning message in a Republican primary. And so DeSantis is going to do his job and point this out. And there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, he really went after him uh, on, on, on some incredible thing. The one thing that Trump likes to say, that MAGA likes to say, right, is that oh, he's a establishment Republican. He's an establishment Republican. You can't trust, you can't trust these deep stater establishment Republicans who are going to put establishment swamp creatures around him. Well, let me just, uh, sorry, sorry. Republicans uh, would have stood up against Disney. How many establishment Republicans would have signed the Sorry. Okay. I'm going to cue this up for you. 
technical difficulties. I guess I'm not professional enough. I goes. I guess it goes to my leadership skills that I'm having some technical difficulties. Fuck you. All right. Here's so here's DeSantis <laughs> talking about Trump's attacks, attacking him as a as an establishment Republican, whatever that may mean. Well, I can tell you this here. I have not spoken to Paul Ryan since I've been governor. I've met Karl Rove once in my life. They are not involved in my political operation. So that's just manufactured garbage that people put out there online. So if people are telling you that, you know, I hope that they'll, uh, they'll look at the facts rather than do that. You also look at my record. How many establishment Republicans would have sent illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard? How many establishment Republicans uh, would have stood up against Disney? How many establishment Republicans would have signed the bill that I just signed to ban land purchases from people affiliated with the CCP in the state of Florida? We're now being sued by the ACLU uh, for that. How many establishment Republicans would have leaned in to support our children against the pronoun Olympics? We banned the pronoun Olympics in our schools. We're the first state to do that. How many establishment Republicans would have banned gender transition surgeries for minors? We not only would take the doctor's medical license, we'll put the doctor in jail if they are mutilating minors. So on every issue that kind of the old guard of the Republican Party would have shied away from in a New York minute, I'm not only leaning into them, I'm winning against the media and against the left. You know, we say Florida is the place where woke goes to die because we've defeated the left on all these fronts. And my pledge, if I'm elected president after two terms, uh, we will leave woke ideology in the dustbin of history. How is Trump going to debate him? I mean, Trump has already threatened not to debate. After three months of this, do you think Trump's going to debate? How is Trump going to debate this guy? He's not going to be able to deal with him. He's not going to be able to thrust and parry with Ron DeSantis. What's his answer going to be? You have to take the money. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's going to be his answer. That's what's going to work. The sanctimonious little Ronnie, little Ronnie. I, I, I got him elected and he's not loyal because I'm the fucking king and you got to be loyal to the king. Is that that's going to be his answer to everything? I'd imagine it would be. First of all, Trump doesn't even know the issues. He doesn't know the issues. He knows what he's told. This guy knows the issues inside out. He knows all of his accomplishments inside out. So it's going to be interesting to see how <laughs> Trump is going to even go about debating Ron DeSantis. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I won't know. You know, I, I've always, I've been saying all along that Trump is just bluster and saying he's not going to debate, but ah, <laughs> he might not. He might not. As he sees the way Ron DeSantis answers questions and does deb- and does uh, interviews over the next few months, I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, if he's going to be able to do it. Uh, I think it'll just be a disaster for for Trump. But this is Ron DeSantis talking, thinking on his feet. Uh, the Trump people were so lame that during that Twitter thing where DeSantis gave like uh, seven minute little seven minute opening speech, they just assumed they were screaming that it was scripted when it absolutely wasn't scripted. But it sounds so good because DeSantis is so good at this stuff that they just assumed it was scripted because Trump would need a script for something like that. But this is how good Ron DeSantis is. It's how good he is on his feet, answering questions. Uh, Of course, a big attack that DeSantis is going to bring uh, towards Trump is the COVID stuff, right? And his approach to COVID. 
and he's linking Fauci with him. Like, in other words, what he's going to explain to people, to Republicans, is that you all hate Fauci, right? Not many Republicans out there love Tony Fauci. In fact, most Trump supporters hate Tony Fauci. Well, if you hate Tony Fauci, you got to hate Donald Trump because they're linked forever because Trump is the one who put Fauci front and center. Front is the one that allowed Fauci's nonsense to take hold for six, seven, eight months before he even thought about making a change and then not having the balls to make a change. So the Fauci monster was created by Donald Trump. It's attached to him. So you can't say Fauci is the worst thing in the world and then not criticize Trump for putting him front and center and guiding policy throughout 2020. Here's a little video for those of you who need some reminding of Donald Trump talking about the lockdowns and COVID policy. The right thing. We closed the country down. Could have kept it open. And I could have done what some countries are doing. I had to shut it down. We did the right thing. I thought of keeping it open. And we did just the right thing. We closed it down. And a group of very smart people walk in and say, sir, we have to close it. And we did the right thing. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. Even the Democrats aren't blaming me for that. We had to close it up. Some people wish we never closed it down. We did the right thing. We closed it. It's a decision for the president of the United States. We did the right thing. We had to close it up because nobody's ever heard of closing down a country, let alone the United States of America. We had to turn off the airlines. We had to turn off everything. And we did the right thing. A lot of people have thought about it. Write it out. Don't do anything. Just write it out and think of it as the flu. But it's not the flu. It's vicious. We basically shut down our country. We did the right thing. We had to close it down. The president of the United States calls the shots and we had to close it down we did the right thing they're not working in offices they're not in airplanes together and we did close up we had to close it up and we did the right thing we closed it down we did the right thing we closed it up we were told we got to shut it down stop it tell everyone to stay home because of this horrible virus and we did that we had to artificially close our country we've done this right and we, we really, we really have done this right. So we did the right thing. Everything we did was right. We- <laughs> now, that's just a video. <laughs> Could you imagine the ads DeSantis is going to make about that? You imagine the ads DeSantis is going to make about Okay, Trump. All right, culty, cult Trumper. So you wanted the country shut down? That was the right thing? So, so good. All right. So Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom did the right thing. Right. Kathy Hochul did the right thing and and Pritzker did the right thing and Whitmer did the right thing. And DeSantis did the wrong thing. Is that, is that what you're saying? Trump supporter? Huh? Is that what you're saying? So this is just exactly the kind of stuff that they're going to cut and run ads on, which is Trump saying we did the right thing. We shut it down. Plus all of his bullshitting about how the vaccines are great. He's still saying the vaccines were great. Operation Warp Speed saved lives. The vaccine worked. So all this stuff is going to be just cut into ads. They're going to spend tens of millions on these ads. Just reminding people that Trump said we could have done it like other countries like Sweden, but we did it the right way. We shut down and did it the right way. And some great, brilliant people. And by the way, when he said that in that video, they showed Fauci and Burks. Some great, brilliant people told me this is what you got to do. And so we did it. We did it right. You're on and let's be heard. How you doing, Daniel? I am okay. 
Did you hear about my uh, baseball cap idea? I just uh, wonder you think about it. Baseball cap idea? Yeah, for 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 wearing around uh, San Francisco in twenty till twenty twenty four. Um, I was thinking about a baseball cap. Uh, on my left would be uh, I'd have RFK Junior, and on the right side of the cap I'd have uh, DeSantis. On the very front I'd have twenty twenty four, and on the back I'd be flipping the bird to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Well, the one the one hat I'm going to wear, and we'll see how this goes over. Is I just went on. By the way, I'm very impressed, by the way, with the Ron DeSantis website that it already has a store on there. Most candidates, it takes them weeks to put a store up. It took RFK a couple of maybe a week or two. and Bernie took forever. But right away, they put the store up. And so you can buy, you know, T-shirts and hats. So I bought a I made my little $30 contribution and I have a Ron DeSantis hat coming. You got and, a hat? Uh, oh, yes. Awesome. So I have the Ron DeSantis hat coming. You know, when I. When I can make a decision between a hat and a shirt, I usually go with a hat because I can wear it more often, right? A shirt you can wear maybe once a week, you got to wash it, but a hat you can wear every day. So I'm getting the Ron DeSantis. I might get the shirt too, you know, for, you know, uh, collection purposes. But uh, I, I, I got the hat and I'm going to wear it. And that'll be interesting, right? Do you want to go for a walk with me? We should both wear our Ron DeSantis hats. We should both... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go for some. Uh, even though I look like a total doofus in a baseball cap, I'm, 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 I'm going to walk I, right away. I thought Daniel's going to get the shirt because he doesn't wear hats. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think I'll, I think I'll go with the hat. Um, <laughs> <There you that, go. laughs> but um, just to show how committed I am, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to humiliate myself looking like a, a moron in a hat because. Yeah, I don't know what it is about my face and my head, but I just look like an idiot in the hat. Um, so I'm willing to humiliate myself for, for for the sake of the country. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, you know, look, it. we will be getting some very dirty looks here in San Francisco. Like I said, the RFK thing, we might get some, you know, people like whatever. But uh, it, but the DeSantis thing, there's no way we're not going to get dirty looks yeah, that's why I'm thinking of having a baseball cap with both RFK and DeSantis on just to, you know, fuck with people's minds in San Francisco because they just won't know what to do with it. No, of course not. They won't understand it at all. They won't yeah. understand the connection. Yeah. They won't understand at all. They won't understand the connection between yeah. those two people. Yeah, some will, and then some are just going to not, not get it. They're going to go, well, what are you talking about? One's got a D after his name. Either. Do you have Good any idea why Trump supporters think that Biden's old but Trump is young? <laughs> does it make any sense there was a photo today by the way of trump a video of him he looked like he was 90 well but you got to give it to it uh trump's trump's mental status uh, his cognitive mental status is a hell of a lot better than well <laughs> i say his cognitive status but he's still in other words in a way it's worse i was thinking about this yes trump cognitively might be better than biden although we don't know exactly how much but okay let's say it's better but he he still acts crazy so you're thinking if the guy was demented and acting crazy, you'd have a real excuse for it. But he, if he's cognizant and acting the way he acts, that might be even worse. So where it yeah, comes down to he's, cognitive abilities, when it comes down to psychological issues, I think his age <laughs> might be showing. Yeah, he's, he's just getting he's getting desperate. He, he knows that um, DeSantis has got the momentum um, and and he's on he's on the move and. Uh, 
Yeah, it's um, it's just going to be interesting to see over the space in the next um, month or so, just to see you know what that uh, momentum uh, um, does. Because I think um, Trump is just going to go even more nuts. He's going to present himself as being somebody out of control, and DeSantis the whole time, as we've said, is just going to sit back and play the big dog with Trump nipping at him. Yeah, and like I said, to the Trump cult, that's not going to matter. They like when Trump goes insane. They think that's a good thing. So. It, it, the Trump, believe me, the Trump cult would vote for him if he were behind bars. We know that. They think <clears throat> they think he's Mandela. They think he's like equivalent to Mandela. That they'll vote for him while he's in prison, and then when he gets out, he can be he can be president. <laughs> but he's no Mandela, obviously. So they'll vote for him no matter what. He could be indicted thirty-seven times. He could be uh, convicted on twenty-eight felons, and they'll still vote for him. Even if he's holding the bars in his hands, they'll still vote for him. So there is no peeling those people away. But there are plenty of independents in the party. There are plenty of right-leaning independents, true conservatives, libertarians, even some Democrats, who could definitely take to Ron DeSantis's message. And I think that's the plan for DeSantis, to have a coalition, basically a coalition of the non-Trump cult. Which, but by the way, they might not be the loudest people, but they could be the majority of the people. Yep. Have you seen the uh, Twitter hashtag Cult45 yet? Cult? No, that's pretty funny. A play, a play on Cult45. That's Twitter. very funny. So I like cult, that. Cult45, yeah. I, I like that. Kind of clever. Yes. Yeah. I like DS47 better. You like what, 40? Not, not DS, that's you. DS forty seven. Yes. How about how about Daniel forty? No, RD. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Then the Trump crazies went insane because DeSantis pronounced his name differently in that welcome video. He said, "I'm Ron DeSantis," and they went insane. This is how nutty these people are that they made a big deal that he pronounced his name DeSantis instead yeah, of DeSantis. Right. Maybe what that's the way he actually pronounced it, DeSantis. Well, I mean, it's, I mean if, if it was, it was per, if it was pronounced like the like Spanish speaking people would pronounce it, they'd say De Santos. So what right, are, what they, are these they, people so only presenting these two options? They yeah. left out the they left out the most likely option. It's but it, it's it's how crazy these people are that this is what they grab onto that there's something wrong with them because he pronounced his name differently than they pronounce it. It's yeah, so next thing you know, we're, we're going to be told that he's eating pudding with his fingers. You know? <laughs> I think they used that one already. I think. Oh, really? I think they went that, there. You know, it's, it's so funny. Then Trump put out that disgusting ad. I might maybe want to puke with the guy eating pudding with his fingers. But that lasted for like a week, and that ad just went away. I think <laughs> they got such bad feedback because that ad was so grotesque to watch that they had to pull it. So they've tried that pudding thing already. You know, that's a, don't I end it? But doesn't doesn't Trump eat pizza with a fork and knife? <laughs> no, it wasn't as a Snickers bar. <laughs> I mean, that's to me, that's much more psychotic to eat pizza with a fork and knife. I mean, that's I've never, I've never even heard of such a thing. I've never heard of a guy from New York eating pizza <laughs> with a fork, not oh, New from, York pizza. I yeah. understand Chicago deep dish pizza, which is not real pizza anyway. But New York pizza, eating it with a fork and knife. <laughs> It's it's kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He eats his M and M's with the spoon too. So, <laughs> I had a boss in radio who would put. You reminded me of this. He put M and M's in yogurt. That's not that crazy. No, yes. no peanut M and M's in yogurt. That, yeah, that'd be, that'd yeah, be pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
yeah. But no, it's, I, I think it's interesting how, and I knew this was going to happen, that once DeSantis was an official candidate, he could counter Trump's attacks. He could go after them more, you know, so, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly than he could before he was an actual candidate. And that's exactly what he's doing now, you know, is exactly what he's doing. But yeah. the thing about, the establishment Republican thing is so ridiculous because you're talking about uh, once again, we're talking about the people who like Trump are in a cult. So they don't really, their IQ in general, isn't that very high. They, you know, they can't see facts, but <laughs> Trump had John Bolton right next to him. I mean, you can't get more establishment neocon Republican than John Bolton. Mnuchin in the, you can't get more establishment Republican, uh, than Steve Mnuchin, Tony Fauci. You can't get more establishment deep state than Tony Fauci. So this ridiculousness that he's anti-establishment is is ridiculous. He's totally Republican establishment. He's 100% Republican. There's not one thing he did during any of his, during his four years that was anti-establishment. Not one thing. Not a thing. Yeah, DeSantis is stealing the MAGA man, um, mantle from from Trump. I think um, very very handedly. Um, he may he may be uh, uh, deserving of the ultra MAGA label. You know. Well, like like DeSantis is saying in a lot of these uh, interviews, the stuff I'm doing is the real America first. Yeah. That's the real America first. You yeah. Know? So it, it's it, I think and, and another thing that Trump has never done. Something DeSantis is doing right now, what you and I have talked about for a year and a half now on this show, is that there has to be accountability for the COVID stuff. And yep. DeSantis is talking about that. There will be accountability. There yeah. has to be accountability first, and then we make sure it never happened again. Trump doesn't ever talk at all about COVID accountability. Give me one clip of Trump talking about accountability of the COVID mandates. He can't do that. Because it's a two-minute video of him saying, we locked it down, we locked it down, we did it the right way, I closed it down. So he is complicit complicit in those mandates. Yep, that's why I'm so excited about DeSantis and RFK coming from the left and the right. Um, And there will be accountability. There will be a lot more talk about this. It's going to be hard to to do what they're trying to do in the last and final phase of the worst crime ever in the history of this world, which is trying to just bury the entire story and uh, pretend that, oh, you know, isn't it nice that the the, the, uh, pandemic is over rather than, you know, is, should we have some accountability for blowing this thing uh, four orders of magnitude out of proportion and killing so many people and ruining so many lives? Yeah, I'm really excited that both of them are are in this race to win and they are going to keep. And I'm really excited about the fact that they are very outspoken and well-spoken people. Some of the most Absolutely. outspoken and well-spoken candidates that we have ever had in our lifetimes. Yep. Absolutely. Anything else on your mind? That's that's what's on my mind. I want to know what's on what's on Karthik's mind. What, what's 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 he thinking? You know, he's not here. He's a uh, he's in what do you call it? He's in colon purgatory somewhere, floating <laughs> around. <laughs> he's floating around in in COVID purgatory somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, you have a good night. I've got to catch some Z's, buddy. Okay. Here. There you go. There we go. Daniel works early. He works early with the liberal, with the extreme li- wacko liberal. <laughs> In Berkeley, so he's got to get some sleep before he dives into that cauldron. Um, 
So once again, what really amazed me when I was watching CNN, MSNBC, seeing the coverage and watching Fox News and them making fun of 10 minutes of technical glitches is if you watch these networks regularly, like 20% of the guests they have on on Zoom, it, it the feed totally craps out. They, they talk Really, every three or four interviews they do, one every th- out of every three or four interviews they do, that's what happens. The screen starts pixelating and they go, uh, 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 uh. and these are the fucking people who have the fucking nerve to say that Elon Musk had issues for a few minutes. We're talking about like multi-billion dollar networks like CNN, MSNBC and Fox News, and they can't get their guests feeds to work right on Zoom. 20% of the time, and they have the balls to talk about Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis and 10 minutes of glitches to being a disaster. I can't tell you how many times I'm watching Fox. And so we lost our guest. We have to vamp, 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 vamp. Look, maybe we'll get them back. Maybe we won't. We'll just forget about them. And these people have the nerve to talk about technical glitches on a new platform with something new that's never been done before. How long have they been doing interviews on television? How long have these networks been doing interviews with guests? And they still can't get it right. You know why? Because technical glitches happen, you child, you children, you immature fools. Technical glitches happen. And so it's interesting, you, know, you children, that it's always funny when it happens to someone else who you might not like. But when it happens to you, oh, we're not even going to talk about that. That's just, eh, it's just technical glitches. That's all. It goes to Elon Musk's professionalism. It goes towards Ron DeSantis's leadership skills. Ten minutes. Are you serious with this fucking shit? I am done. I'm not watching them anymore. Period. I'll wait till Tucker comes on Twitter. And I guarantee you, Tucker on Twitter, something totally new and innovative, will have fewer technical issues than they have on Fox News. On a regular basis. How many times I'm watching Fox and they have correspondence and all of a sudden you hear nothing. They're talking to someone. All of a sudden it's dead. Their mouth's going, but there's nothing happening. There's no audio. That happens half the time. Yet these fools go after DeSantis and and Musk for technical glitches. The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy. This was written today in the New York Post. And this is where DeSantis talks about uh, Trump handing the U.S. over to Fauci. OK, so DeSantis took a swing at Trump on Thursday, saying the 45th president turned the country over to Dr. Tony Fauci during the COVID-19 pandemic and destroyed millions of people's lives as a result. I think he did great for three years. But when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. The 44-year-old DeSantis, 44-year-old DeSantis, told radio host Glenn Beck. And in Florida, we were one of the few that stood up, cut against the grain, took incoming fire from the media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans, had schools open, preserved businesses. And so Florida, since COVID, has outperformed virtually any state in the country When you look at all these significant metrics, I mean, we're booming, the governor said. We got people moving in here. Wealth is coming in here. And so when people look back 
that 2020 year was not a good year for the country as a whole. It was a situation where Florida started to stand alone. So I think that's an important contrast. <clears throat> so <laughs> this is the, and then of course, Trump is bullshitting how Florida closed beaches. It's all nonsense. Nothing. Florida was open well before anyone else was well before anyone else was. There's no comparison. You can try to rewrite history all you want, Trump. Florida was open first, closed the, the, the least amount of weeks, open the earliest, quite the opposite of California and New York, quite the opposite of California and New York. And open when Trump was still claiming the lockdowns worked and closing the country worked and that Fauci and Burks were brilliant people who did the right thing. And the proof is in the pudding, right? The economy in California, the economy in New York compared to the economy in Florida, it's, it's there. That's what happens when you shut things down for 18 months, two years, and you don't, there's a difference. And we're seeing that in the economy. So this is the contrast he's going to make. This is the contrast he's going to make. This is the true vision, not the bullshit vision of saying, oh, <laughs> a guy running for president should know, should, should be prepared for technical issues and make sure they don't happen. I mean, how stupid, how idiotic. Yet DeSantis has true vision when it comes to actual things that matter, like COVID. Like, should we close things down? Should we open things? Should we force people to get a vaccine? Shouldn't we? Should we force people to wear masks? Should we force businesses to close? Should we force businesses to have people wear masks? Should we force businesses to have people show their vaccine passport to get in? These are all the things that matter that he was right about. Okay. And when you have Trump, people will say, well, Mike, as far as the vaccine mandate goes, Trump wasn't in office anymore. <clears throat> but let's think about this for a second. Trump did Operation Warp Speed. That was his. Getting the vaccine out and into people's arms was his thing. That was his thing. Biden just took it over after a month after it started to roll out. So you have Trump, who was Mr. Operation Warp Speed and still takes credit for that, and still says it worked, and still says the vaccines are great, even when his own people boo him at events that he holds. Let's couple that with that video I played of Trump saying we did the right thing. We locked down. We did the right thing by locking down. We did the right thing. I listened to brilliant people like Fauci and Burks, and we did the right thing. Is it much of a stretch to think Trump would have backed the vaccine mandates? I don't think it's that much of a stretch. What Trump did is once he saw the vaccine mandates, Trump did not come out against those vaccine mandates. Show me where Trump came out against them on day one. He didn't. Didn't say a thing. Once he saw they weren't working, once he saw Republicans didn't like them, then he came out and said, yeah, it probably shouldn't be mandated. It should be, you know, voluntary. But I don't think it's that much of a stretch when you couple that video of him saying, we did the right thing in lockdown. I listened to Fauci and Burks. And the fact that Operation Warp Speed was his deal and he still pushes it now, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say he would have listened to Fauci and Burks again and been for the vaccine mandate. What he would have done is basically what he did as president, which is stick a thumb up his ass and just said the governors can decide, not use the bully pulpit at all. And yes, the governors still had the right 
to do what they wanted. I'm not saying Trump could have stopped Newsom from doing what he did or stopped Cuomo from doing what he did, but he could have used the bully pulpit to say, we're not doing this. Instead, what did he do? He used the bully pulpit to say, we locked down. It was the right thing. I listened to these brilliant people. And we know DeSantis would not have done that. And so you put political pressure from the bully pulpit of the president of the United States on these Democratic governors. You expose what they're doing as being wrong and hurtful. Trump never did any of that. Trump basically just let them do what they wanted. That's it. He let them do exactly what they wanted with no pushback whatsoever. So he probably would have let them do the vaccine mandates also with no pushback whatsoever. And that's, of course, the cowardly way to do things. You don't take any kind of a stand. You just say, well, the governors can decide. That's not leadership. That's not leadership. Biden is constantly criticizing Republican governors. He has no problem doing it. Why wasn't Trump criticizing Newsom and Cuomo and saying lockdowns were wrong and mask mandates were wrong? He didn't. You can't play things in a neutral way and say you're a leader or you took a a real stand on something. As Ron DeSantis said, how many establishment Republicans would do the things he, how many establishment, the one thing he didn't mention is how many establishment Republicans would back a six week abortion ban. There are very few establishment Republicans who would back a, a heartbeat ban. So I think when we're looking at the coverage we're going to see, you know what kind of coverage you're going to get here. But when you look at the major networks, this is what I said Ron DeSantis would have to contend with. And I think he understands this. I think he's ready for it is on the left wing networks. They're going to go after him because they know he'll destroy Biden and they want Trump to be the nominee. So you'll see. Oddly enough, you'll see many more attacks against DeSantis than against Trump. And they'll put up fake polls showing Trump, you know, winning, not only beating DeSantis, but beating Biden. They're fake. None of them are real. But they're there to make people think that Trump should be the nominee, right? Because they want Trump to be the nominee. And Fox News, because they know most of their viewers are Trump supporters, are going to make sure that they butter up Trump nice and go after Ron DeSantis and say stupid things. Just idiotic things. I mean, you know, it's all a ploy. You know, it's all pre-planned. You know, the memo went down, right? You, you know, the behind the scenes uh, meetings were held when they say stupid things like that technical glitch goes to Ron DeSantis's leadership skills, right? You know, it's all, you know, it's all rigged when you hear something stupid. It's fucking stupid as that. You know, it's rigged. When they say the rollout was a disaster, when in fact he got about five million people, five million people, and they actually lied. Fox lied again. They said that by the time DeSantis started speaking, everyone had left. It's not true. Initially, people left, and then they came back in once they realized it was working. And he ended up getting about five million people live, and then about I think in the, in the twenty-four hours, he's had fifteen million people watch his video. Okay, so it was not a disaster. There was not no one watching. By the way, another thing you probably won't hear on Fox, maybe they'll say it, maybe they won't. I won't know because I'm not going to watch anymore. 
is that he just raised $9 million in the first 24 hours. $9 million. It took Trump six weeks after he announced to fundraise $9 million. Six weeks. It took Ron DeSantis 24 hours to raise $9 million. Maybe you'll hear that. Maybe you won't. So that's the big disaster of the first 24 hours for Ron DeSantis. Five million people watching live. 15 million people have since watched the replay in the video. $9 million in 24 hours. That's the big disaster that the left wing and Fox News wants you to believe happened. Once again, this is all fake news. This is all fake news. And it's done because of an agenda. The left knowing that Trump is a weaker candidate and Fox News knowing their viewers are Trump supporters and they can't afford to lose more viewers after they lost half of them because of Tucker Carlson. So this is what you're going to get for the next 10 months. And that's what Ron DeSantis is after. There'll be very little positive, not even positive. I shouldn't say the word positive because it shouldn't be. Journalists shouldn't be positive or negative. There'll be very little fair coverage. There'll be very little fair coverage for Ron DeSantis. And he's going to have to contend with that coming from both ends. But I think he's prepared for it. And so far in the first 24 hours, he's certainly been prepared for it. But there was something else. Oh, there's a there's a, um, a publication that's called Hot Air, hotair.com. And David Strom writes for it. And he wrote, DeSantis, the race is on. And this is, if I might, if anyone else wants to call in and talk about their feelings on this or anything else, go ahead. And you can interrupt me while I'm reading this. But this is probably, as many people who have read this belief, I won't read the whole thing because it's long. But one of the most, um, I guess, positive things written about Ron DeSantis so far. One of the most positive things written about Ron DeSantis so far. I'm just going to start reading it and then I'll take some more calls. Um, But DeSantis... Once again, this is David Strom, and he starts out by saying he strongly supports DeSantis in the race to become the Republican nominee. He says, I am not unpersuadable, certainly not never Trump. If it's Trump versus Democrat, I'm Trump. Easy call, that. But I am, in fact, a fan of Ron DeSantis. You already know that, but I want to lay my cards on the table as the primary battle heats up. He says, DeSantis has been an outstanding governor of Florida, an electoral victory and the huge level of support in Florida, nearly 60% approval rating now, by the way. Compare that, um, this is me now, not David. Compare that to Biden's 36% approval. What's Trump's approval? 40? Lower? Demonstrate that Floridians or as a group agree with that sentiment. DeSantis turned Florida deep red last year, based mostly on the fact that he's just like good at his job. As much as his victories in the culture war excite me, his appeal in Florida is based primarily on the fact that he's hyper-competent. He's able to fight the culture wars because his constituents know that he doesn't drop the ball anywhere else. Florida's risen to number one in education. People are flooding the state through immigration and tourism. And the economy is humming along. Okay, this is Mike again talking. That's a great point he makes there. A great point. People might not care much about the woke stuff if everything else wasn't taken care of, right? They'd say, all right, we don't like wokeness and the woke shit, but you know what? We, you got to get the education going. You got to get the economy going, but he has taken care of all those important things. So now they say, okay, you've taken care of all those important things. Let's go after the secondary things. 
like wokeness. That's why he's been able to do that. Back to the article. When disaster strikes, he gets things up and running in a way few governors ever have. He's just plain good at his job. But I admit, this is not the reason I support him. I support him because he fights the big cultural battles that will define America's future, and he wins. His competence gives him the room to do so. People in Florida trust him to keep his eye on the ball. And I would love to finally have a competent president. It's been a long time, you know, <laughs> since such a rare bird has appeared. As far as I can tell, DeSantis is fearless and certainly doesn't depend upon or pander to the media. He's smart, he's articulate, and he humiliates the media nearly daily. I certainly understand why some people think Trump should be the standard bearer. There's a case to be made for him, although I think the case is weaker than they do. Trump has presided over three consecutive disastrous election cycles, and I, for one, don't believe America can survive a fourth. Trump supporters will insist that those elections were rigged or that the media was grossly unfair. And, of course, the entire deep state was slandering him and hindering his success. All three of those things might be true. I don't think the election of 2020 was technically stolen, although I also think there was some substantial fraud. But rigged? It sure was. The entire media and government elite engaged in relentless lying, censorship, illegal election changes, the pouring into private money, Zuckerbucks, and disgusting ballot harvesting. Time magazine not only admitted that this was true, but also outlined how it happened and why they think it was a good thing. The claim this isn't rigging the election, it was indeed rigging the election. They claim high-minded motives, but it was election rigging. I think that's true. This is Mike talking again. I think that's true in general. I think you can say it wasn't stolen technically legally, right? There wasn't a crime committed, but there was this rigging, just the way the Democrats did in their primaries, right? There's nothing you can – the court said you can't put any people in jail. You can't sue. There's nothing you can do about that. There wasn't anything criminal about the the uh, Democrats rigging the primary, as they will again now. But you can say doing things like not letting there be debates is rigging it because, you know, Biden will lose debates, RFK will win the debates, and so you're not going to allow it to happen, right? So that's a way to uh, legally, non-criminally rig things. So I think there's a lot of truth to that, that the 2020 election wasn't criminally rigged. But there was rigging going on within the laws that allowed them to do what they did. I think Trump would probably have won an election where the deck was not stacked so heavily and in some cases illegally against him in a very narrow electoral college. I could probably agree with that. Yes, but Trump clearly was out of his depth throughout 2020. He allowed much of this to happen and his collaboration with the public health establishment helped enable much of it. He blew COVID, and no amount of rewriting history can undo the damage. Trump embraced Fauci and all his works, setting the stage for the most monumental gaslighting operation in world history. When confronted with the mighty power of the MSM and the deep state, Trump blew it. He blew it. This is because Trump is an exceptional fighter. He hits below the belt, he scrapes, he rallies his troops and repels his critics, driving them to bizarre lengths, but simply doesn't understand how the establishment works. He never learned that you can't govern by ignoring the government. Insulting the media didn't destroy them. It made them more powerful. In short, Trump is a good leader, but a terrible government executive. And when confronted with a foe, he couldn't insult, bully or ignore a virus he embraced his worst enemies and hid behind them. 
Sorry, but it's true. Trump actually used Tony Fauci in a campaign ad. Fauci. He even attacked Republicans for ignoring Fauci's advice, including DeSantis. Trump supporters go through mental gymnastics to explain how Trump had to do this. But that begs the question, when we needed a fighter for liberty, Trump chose the other side, just as he did with Bud Light, because Budweiser gives money to Republicans. We can't afford a president who, when the chips are down, decides to hand power over to the most tyrannical people in America, and Trump did just that. Trump's response is the claim that DeSantis is a secret moderate. This is laughable. The whole Paul Ryan shtick is laughable. It was Trump who told Republicans in the Freedom Caucus to vote for Ryan against their better judgment. Now DeSantis is getting attacked for following Trump's terrible advice, just as Trump attacks all the people he's hired over the years as traitors without admitting he made horrible hiring choices. How does that work? Everybody I hire is awful. Elect me. It is a bizarre argument, although it appears to work for him with a large slice of the electorate. This person is a traitor to me. Elect me so I can hire some more. That's pretty funny. Another argument here is that he's far ahead in the primary polls, which is generally true, although state-level polls can tell a different story. Assuming that the polls tell the story that Trump wants to hear, they are actually still pretty awful for him. After four years of being president, about half of Republicans, remember, those are almost exclusively people who voted for him twice, want him to go away. That's as I just said. This is Mike talking again with 64 percent of people saying they don't want Trump back again. The amazing thing is that it's not Trump. The amazing thing is not that Trump is ahead, but rather how large the group of Republicans is that don't support him. That should be scary for him and his supporters and clearly is. America has buyer's remorse with Biden, but there's also a huge group who will crawl over broken glass to vote against Trump. Then there are Trump's priorities. Trump has spent money attacking DeSantis, more money attacking him than he did supporting Republicans last year. Let me say that again. Trump has spent more money attacking DeSantis than he spent reporting Republicans in the midterms. His MAGA Inc. PAC was formed to support his endorsed Candace last year, but it husbanded the money to attack DeSantis instead of using it to win control of the Senate. So he spent his money to attack DeSantis rather than using that money to win the Senate. Trump viciously attacks DeSantis while praising Newsom, Abrams, and Charlie Crist. Are you a fan of Gavin Newsom? Trump was because Newsom flattered him. This set of priorities tells us that Trump is terrified of DeSantis. He keeps pretending that Meatball Ron is a nobody, but his actions say that DeSantis has a real chance of beating him. The never-Trumpers certainly think so. They want Donald Trump to be the candidate so they can rake in the cash from Democrats next year. They even repeat Trump's criticisms of DeSantis now. Trump and the Lincoln Project are in bed together right now. This is a great example of exactly what I've been saying. This gets to the last item on my list. Trump doesn't care about conservatives winning. He cares about himself winning. By withholding support, from the endorsed candidates when it mattered most, Trump handed the Senate to the Democrats. Now, you might think trading the Senate to ensure Trump could beat DeSantis in the primary was worth it. You can believe that if you want. I don't believe that. I would rather Trump had spent money to win those seats. Dr. Oz was literally beaten by a brain-damaged near vegetable. 
Oz was Trump's guy. And when the chips were down, Trump didn't use the money he raised to help his candidates win. He saved it to attack DeSantis because he cares more about himself. Trump gave up on winning Georgia, handing the Senate to the Democrats. The appeal of Trump was that he would win so much that we'd get tired of winning. Do you remember that? Do you feel like we've been winning in 2018, in 2020, in 2022? I don't. And in 2024, I don't just want to win. I think the country needs to win. Trump might be able to do it, but DeSantis likely would. I think never Trumpers have lost the plot. Our country needs a Republican in the White House, no matter who it is. Anybody's better than Biden. And if you think, if you don't think so, we'll never agree. Whoever the Republican candidate is, I'll vote for them. Joe DePiden has destroyed the country. And I think Kamala Harris, absolutely, I, I, I agree with this, would become president sometime between 25 and 2029. That's unthinkable. But I also want the best Republican candidate, and not just the best to win, but also the best to govern. I think DeSantis covers both bases. He is, as I said, hyper-competent. Trump keeps reminding us that he can't hire good people. DeSantis knows the media's tricks and actually humiliates them, not just insults them. And he knows how to thwart bureaucrats. He's proven that. So there, you know where I stand and why. Agree or disagree. I've laid my cards on the table. If Ron falls flat on his face, I will repent. He certainly could lose. The polls showed Trump ahead. But then again, Hillary was the front runner in uh, 2008 until she wasn't. Howard Dean was on his way to becoming president until he wasn't. Jeb was sure to be the nominee until he too wasn't. This is, as they say, why they play the game. And the games have begun. Well, I guess I read the whole thing. I think that was a great, that's just great. And that's put into more eloquent journalistic terms what I've been saying about Donald Trump and the way he's running his campaign and Ron DeSantis. And it's a, I mean, there are certain things I'll disagree with. I don't think Trump can win. I don't. I think Joe Biden's rating could drop to 30 and it'll still be Trump simply because you'll have all those. I mean, the media, once again, as Mr. Strom says, will gin up all of this hatred for Trump and how he's going to destroy the World War Three, the end of our society. And that'll drum up all those 81 million people who voted for Biden last time. They'll come out and vote again. Why would you think? That those 81 million who voted against Donald Trump, which is what it was, they voted against Donald Trump, would now not vote against Donald Trump. There's no proof of that. There's no proof all of a sudden Trump's won those people over, that he's won independents and Democrats. Uh, Just the opposite. I think they hate him more than ever. They want him to go away based on the polls more than ever. So I don't think Trump would win. I think Trump would absolutely lose. I don't think there's any world where Trump wins swing states, where Trump wins enough independence to win Georgia and Arizona and, and Wisconsin and Michigan. There's no world, there's no real world where Trump wins over enough Democrats independence to win those swing states. Where I think Ron DeSantis would not only win those swing states, he'd absolutely destroy Biden in those swing states, just the way he destroyed Charlie Crist in, uh, in purple formerly purple, before Ron DeSantis turned it red, Florida. So I think you'll see Ron DeSantis do the same thing with those swing states that are purple that he did with Florida. Turn them red. It might not be permanent, but it will be good enough for next year. That's my take on the whole thing.
That's my take. Um, that's a good article. If you want to go to hotair.com and read it, you know, it's not the same when someone's reading it to you when you can read it yourself, but hotair.com, David Strom wrote DeSantis, the race is on. This was written today, uh, earlier yesterday, May 25th. So I recommend everyone read that. And I, you know, I, I'm not saying DeSantis is not going to get some good press, some fair press, but it's going to be on the fringes, right? It's going to be on maybe Newsmax. It'll be on these blogs like Hot Air, on these podcasts like Unless Be Heard. But it's not going to be from the mainstream left or right media. They're going to be incredibly unfair to Ron DeSantis. They're going to do everything they can to make sure he's not the nominee. And so he's going to be fighting. I mean, if you think Trump was fighting the left-wing media, and he was. DeSantis is going to have to fight both sides until he wins the nomination. Then, of course, Fox News will come on board, and all the conservative media outlets will come on board. But until then, if they believe it's in their best interest because of ratings or whatever it may be to support Trump, that's what they're going to do. So DeSantis will have to uh, fight against that. I think I want to – there's one more thing. You know, let's go to Reza. And then we'll, there's something else I wanted to talk about, and I'm trying to remember what it was. But hey, Reza, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, my man, my. How's everything on that side of the world? On every side of the world. You see? <laughs> oh, did you read the live chat? No, I don't, I don't read that much. It, you know, yeah. it's so small. That's my there. friend Her- Hermia here, too. Yeah, just convey my message. All right, I'm here myself now. There are all these people on call and like we really need to unite and others that are actually friends and know each other. We should unite and uh, do something about them. Like, well, I'm sorry. Who, what what should happen? Who? What people? Like, there are people who just hate me out of racism or whatever it is. I don't care why they hate me, but there are racist people as well. Of course. Or I mean, they, they hate, hate you because, because you live... In, I get a lot of views as well in here. Yeah. Really? Like, haven't you seen? Just, I got, one, in one one of my episodes, I got like half a million views here. That left versus right thing with Brady and Lance, like going back and forth on each other in the beginning. It's like seven, eight hours long. And yeah, in general, I got like two, all of my shows combined, maybe two or three million views or plays. Uh, I do, yeah, because I can't explain why I've already done it, I guess. Anyway, the thing is, I receive a lot of hate, even from my Persian compatriots, <laughs> because some of them can't speak English, and that's, that could be why they wouldn't come to Colin, or they couldn't speak it as good as, as well as I do. You see, <laughs> this thing got through, uh, a second, second right now, uh, uh, you guys were talking about Trump now. Well, did you did you hear that we were bought by Rumble? That Colin was bought by Rumble. That's just. <laughs> I wanted to just punch Colin in the face. Seriously, I, mean, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know what that's going to lead to Reza. I have no idea. I know. You know I know. To, I mean, to more censorship. Well, no, Rumble's known for not being censorship. I mean, a lot of re- I, Republicans have gone to Rumble because they were see, censored on censored. YouTube. Um, yeah, but they do change, right? New managements, new rules, and then... I mean, I've like, never been on Rumble. It's actually... So I, can't, I, I can't say I'm that familiar with the whole thing. Well, I just right? know a lot of 
uh, Republicans have gone over there because their videos were demonetized on on YouTube. So, oh, so yeah. Like, if do you have any friends that actually work for Colin, or how do they directly call them? Do you have a phone number? And the guy who founded it lives here in San Francisco, David Sachs, but I don't know him personally. So he's just sitting. I see nothing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know him personally. I have no clue. <laughs> you know, I I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, unless you know someone and you know what their um, agenda is or what they want to do with something, you, you can't be sure. You know what their yeah. uh, You know what they so, want to do with something. What their agenda is. What their vision is. You know. Yeah, apart from you know, that, most most I of these will, people the, resident, the bottom line is making money. I mean, someone doesn't become yeah. a millionaire or a billionaire because they don't want to make money, right? I so. could, like, there's this guy like Jeffrey Corbett, whatever his name is, like, claiming to be the, one of the makers of Colin, like on Facebook here and there. I don't know who he is, and but he makes a lot of claims and been talking to me for days. Just says this, do this, yeah, show thing, like, and changes names all the time as well. I don't even know who this guy is, but he sent me videos on himself, and, and apart from him, others as well. There, there's this shitstorm of people just coming at me, claiming they are some shit, or yeah, whatever, so they can feed off me, like they enter my lives, and exit, enter, and exit. Even though they have blocked me, but they know I have not. Un- like, maybe I should yeah. just block my enemies here. That goes against my dignity. I wouldn't worry about haters that much, Reza. I mean, there are plenty of those people. But you know what happens when they enter the show and leave like that? Apart from making me mad, it will appear on their fucking list and with like millions of views, right? Yeah. So that's what they want. <laughs> they don't want me, of course. They just enter for a few seconds or just type something or just unmute and they just mute again and leave and actually blag me or report the shot immediately. Well, I wouldn't worry about reporting any shows on here. No, the thing is, like, when there, there's, there are a lot of, actually, I'm sure, at least, I can even name them what I want here in here. A couple of guys that work as the poli- policemen for Colin are just, have personal issues. They, they have judged me to be an atheist, even though I'm not. They, they don't spend the fucking time even listening to my shows. Mm, yeah, so... I had a guy come That's in here last night. Absolute. I had a guy come in here last night and write they were all low IQ. I mean, these people are just, they're just trolls. I wouldn't worry about them, really. I really yeah, wouldn't. So, there are trolls inside the dev team as well. That's the problem. Yeah, Like, well, you of know, course. the guy Martin, for example, is like half yeah. Persian and the only Persian before me. Do you yeah. know him? Like, yeah. he is in the group of Danny and Dickie and all those people. Like, they're always talking. Like, yeah, literally just together, together all the time. So he was good, like, at, when I entered the chat, he, because when he was Persian, I, once I well, had to fight with the ent- entire group, and I told them, just in respect to the only Persian one in here, to the name the guy. Uh, usually I speak in epic terms, whatever. <laughs> in respect to, to yeah, this Persian piece of fire here, whatever. Yeah. yeah, to that degree, I wouldn't just continue the fight, and just go out the they start grooving that all black me and ban me. When you do, like, when you do, a, when you do a show on here, I don't want to. I'm sorry, I'm ignorant about this. What do you talk that's about? That's the problem. No, but, and all of my lives have have they actually they wait for me. Like for example, I'm to, like I'm talking. Like imagine you've been talking for three hours, and just as soon as you want to get to the main point, right? Boom, it says room has ended. 
and just many people join all the emojis and all that shit. Just like when you hit an. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, let me let me get this right. So, when I finish a show, I hit that thing at the top right. It says end room, right? You do it right. It tells you. It shows you your interactions, whatever that means. I don't know. And then it shows you all the other stuff. So you're saying your room just ends? Yeah, all of them, every single one. Like for the without without you hitting end room. Yeah, all for the last two weeks, maybe only one or two got out. And I was doing nothing inside of them. So, do you think it could be technical glitches? Because there are technical. No, no, it's not technical. Uh, it's not technical. I see guys that enter like with different accounts. They enter like they don't talk. They're saying the list. Let me actually see. There could be just two here right now. Hmm. It says plus two others, for example, or they can go on God mode. You won't even uh, be able to tell. Whatever. So they are, they all listen. Like, it's, it's like they are the real moderators here. So one of them, they, it's not like before they hired them, they're calling, calling does hire people. There aren't that many show. people. There aren't that many people yeah. working. For anyway, them. there are a handful. Anyway, the thing is, they actually invite, they are, there's division. Like even in the Illuminati, there's division, disorder and the order. Yeah. So <laughs> these guys are just a bunch of people. So yeah. they, they, it's not like they put a filter on, like you won't allow, a fascist Muslim in, or the guy can just hide it, like tell them he's a Christian, all right, whatever, like it could, they, they could just be a narcissist, anything, a murderer even, so the, these guys are not gods, they do talk for, they don't represent Colin either, like they're just working for Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all, all, like, all I can say is my personal experience so far is that I've never had any problem with censorship here. You know, yeah, I never had anyone. You, and uh, look, look, look. The things listen, that I talk about. Mike. I mean, I, you know, I push the envelope sometimes. Yeah, you know, I know. Like, in other words, really there, there are things radical, I say yeah. on here that I could never say if I was working in. Well, just uh, imagine, on, like, on Fox you, News you or on a, a talk radio station. You know, I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be allowed to do it. So I, I think, because, uh, for the most part, there isn't that much censorship there, going on here. There isn't. You know? Yeah, of course, it's not just about censorship. It's about personal issues. Do you have any personal enemies here? No. Yeah, that's the thing. No. Like, I have personal issues with some. They, they started. I didn't. I wouldn't want to become. Actually, I, I tried. I begged. Like, um, like, just bent over backwards many times to just fix things between them and I. But they, it's like they just want me. Want to be enemies with me. I'm sure. Actually, I can just put one of just all of your links if you want. Allow me to inside some of my Telegram channels with millions of computer programmers, other people. I got like God knows I'm, my headquarters is Telegram, so I'm just a god. I don't I got, I've never I used Telegram. Channels. I've never used so, Telegram. Well, I think I may have used Telegram for a short period of time, but not not too long. You know, I can't, definitely need it. Yeah. I can only use so many things, Reza. I mean, my goodness. Like you can just so, delete your WhatsApp. You can delete your Escort. Yeah, I've, you know, I've used WhatsApp. Everything, but yeah. keep Telegram. You know, I, I've like never you, used I've never used Instagram. I've never used Instagram. I've never Instagram used uh, bullshit, like, Pinterest or those things like that. I don't know. It's just it's too much stuff. For, like, if you could monetize in, your shit on Instagram, yeah, for monetization, maybe it would be good. Yeah, well, you know, on reasons. YouTube, uh, I could do a video show, and but, you know, it, it, there's no need for it, really. I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, with things like YouTube, we know there's censorship. 
so I think I would get <laughs> censored pretty bad. Actually, I have an Instagram. YouTube. I have a sorry, Telegram account named Fuck YouTube that like almost, uh, almost reaching one million now subscribers. That's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, I just put deleted videos. I put them there. Got yeah. Got you're on YouTube. Files, but... All right, I'll look you up. I'll look you up. Yeah. Hey, what Reza, does it say on you again? Reza, let me let me let you go. I'm gonna get Bill on because I'm gonna wrap the show up. But I'll, I will. Oh, you uh, want to? Oh, William, my friend. Yeah, Bill, Bill. Right. You know, Bill. I, I know why. I know why Bill's here. Bill, did you? Is it a break time? Is it break time, Bill? I must admit. First, let me say hello to my friend Reza. Hello, Reza. Hello, Reza. He's giving you thumbs up. He's giving you thumbs up. And hearts. And hearts. he has. Quite an audience, and we did a show together, uh, William and Reza, our first show. We've got quite a few plays. I don't know how he does it. You know, he's from Iran, and he gets this out somehow to a lot of people. No, and um, he's, he's, you, you just came in. He was saying he's having some issues with people. Is there some issues going on? Uh, with people, other members of the call-in group. Yes, sort of, yes, yes. Yeah. There's a the community, group. the community. Yeah, you have guys like and gals like you who have professional, are professional, have professional rooms. Of course, Reza wouldn't have a problem with someone like you, and I don't. But there's a, some people who have sort of this core unit, and uh, they have a certain mindset. And uh, I've had my issues with them too. So you know, I just said to myself, well, just go where's good. Right, you know, what I mean, what do you mean people, like a, like a troll mindset, like trolls, basically? No, they're they're very liberal, um, anarchists, and atheists. I was going to say anarchist. That was my next thing yeah. I was going to say was anarchists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you know, like for example, I commend good cops because they're yeah. good cops. So I've come, you know, the story they wrote reports on my behalf. They, they try to intercede with illegal arrests, uh, but you know, uh, when you fight. The people I fight, uh, uh, they have a lot of power. So the state's attorneys, unfortunately, are our state's attorneys. Real brief, uh, they were written up by the ACLU uh, as uh, not keeping track of untrustworthy cops. Now the standard is for state attorneys to know if there's cops in the system that uh, are writing bogus complaints. Because if a prosecutor writes a warrant on that, that's a What's a state, uh, I'm sorry, a case law, Brady versus Maryland. That's, sure. that's, yeah, you may, that's an illegal search and seizure then, and that sets them for a federal lawsuit. The, and the prosecutors can be sued through the claim commissioner. You can't sue them individually as a person. So they, our state's attorneys in corrupting, we get a real problem. But the problem is, uh, I should say that they, the, this group can call in, they have issues with people for various reasons because they're anarchists and they're atheists. And that then comes out in ways, you know, that's Joe Carnegie said, always find the reason behind the reason. Like if you're trying to make a sale, for example, and you can't, what's the reason behind the reason? What are they telling you? And what's the yeah, Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I don't know how much time we have. It's a funny story he, he told that I, Anyway, moving on from that. So there's a, a lot of times there's a reason behind the reason for people mm-hmm. being the way they are. And that's the, the crux of it. And then other things surface and sort of 
they'll have an issue with someone like Reeves or me. Um, Reeves, for example, believes in Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. and I do, and I quote the Gospels, and um, people get really upset. And it's not like I'm proselytizing. I just like to quote the Gospels, you know, certain passages. So these are God, these are godless people, basically. There are quite a few, and that <laughs> could be an issue. And then if you start quoting good cops, that's – but it doesn't always come out that way. The other thing is, the irony is, they're free speechers to a point. But for example, you know, these people are not free speechers. You know how I feel about the left. The left is not for free speech. (laughs) My point, it's it's like they want to censor when something's disagreeable to them. Do you see? Of course. Right. If it's if it's disagreeable to them, they 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 think it's they call it hate speech because they disagree with it. They hate that they disagree with it, basically. So it's hate speech. You're a terrorist. You're a terrorist. How dare you disagree? How dare you think, how dare, Bill, you think there's a God and good cops? You can't believe that there's a God and you can't believe there are good cops. You have to believe we live in a godless world of bad cops. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an interesting scenario. So I said, well, how do you think we're going to prove the situation? The idea that we're going to get rid of all the cops is completely unrealistic. But if we can develop relationships with good po- cops and police departments and sort of get that community policing thing going, then, you know, I, I've, I've had cops thank me, like, keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Bonatari, you know, uh, literally um, in multiple police departments. And, uh, and you know, so we have to develop rapport yeah. Uh, not polarized, in my opinion. And yeah. yeah. The good cops need see. There's nothing more. I'm sorry. There's nothing more that a good cop hates than a bad cop. But of course, of, you're right. But there's issues because of the blue shield, which you know what I mean by that. The police and that bad cops often yeah. get protected. Right. And, and that's a that's a systemic cultural issue because of the union influence. You know? Yes. So that's why the good cops thank me because I I write the, the complaints against the bad cops and of course me. If you're in a situation like that, folks, there's all kinds of information I I've talked about um, that I've gotten four legal arrests dropped and never taken well, a plea bargain. Bill, you know, so. when there's a bad cop, the media, yeah. especially the left wing media, blows it up, makes it a huge thing, and makes all cops look bad. That's mm, why that's good right. cops hate bad cops because it's you know. The, you know, bad apple spoils the whole lot, right? So that's it, that's the you know brings a bad light on all of them, all, you know, right. which is problematic. The other thing is, let's face it, you know, uh, the establishment it can be very predatory, uh, whether it's the Catholic Church or mm, law firms. Uh, um, you know, there's there's lots of bad jokes about law firms for reasons and lawyers. I just say good jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there some joke that has to do with lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? Right. Yes, so, there is. There is. Wait a, a minute. Someone might someone might be in this room right now that's a lawyer. So we don't want to we don't want to you know call all lawyers bad. That's like calling all cops bad, right? <laughs> so. Well, but you know, there's common jokes about. Here's one for you. What's the difference between uh a lawyer and a prostitute. No idea. A prostitute will stop screwing you when you die, when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
And I'll tell you what, I've had lawyers go out to my father's probate estate, Castellano, the court appointed accountant, ended up in prison. And the, and the lawyers involved were not after that you, money. I tell you, know? you, Bill, you get no respect. You get no- <laughs> I get no respect. <laughs> but hey, Mike, hey, yo, but hey, Mike, what, uh, what do you call a thousand lawyers tied to the bottom of, chained to the bottom of the ocean, Mike? What? <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> a good start. Yeah, good yeah, start. Good start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we make fun of these people till we need them, right? That's the same thing with these people and cops. They hate the cops until they need a cop, right? Then they love the cop. It's like the same thing with lawyers, right? We all we all go after lawyers until we wow. need one. Either either defend us or help us win some money. <laughs> yeah, but the lawyers earn their reputation. Let me tell you, this is oh boy, there's a lot of real snakes out there that are lawyers. You know, where there are so many ads from ambulance chasers. I know That's this because I live there. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Oh. Las Vegas, if you're watching television. It's like one ambulance chaser after another. It's one like totally sleazy <laughs> ambulance chaser after another. Especially <laughs> Las Vegas, yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. You know. <laughs> That's a problem all over the all over this country. Administration lawyers, they can be real dirtbags. And you know something, this if the city gets sued by a law firm for like a uh, I don't know, pedestrian twisting their ankle crossing the street. You know yeah. what I mean? They're only required to maintain let's say there's a sidewalk, city city sidewalk, they're required to maintain that so it's not a trip and fall hazard. Right. Um, and if uh, there's no sidewalk, then that same swath of uh, pavement, let's say, where a bike path might be or something, so that people can walk and have passage, you know, they have to maintain the edge, that like three foot edge. I don't forget the exact width. But if someone sues the city for someone who twists their ankle three feet from the center line, in other words, where it's not even uh, the city's responsibility to maintain that for a pedestrian because it's in the middle of the road. You know what I mean? Because I saw this happen. That was a case I was following because that's how I learned things. Okay. This this freaking scumbag lawyer sued Tom Stratford for their client who twisted their ankle like three feet from the center line. Now, there's no suit there because the city's not required to maintain it for pedestrian traffic. Three feet from the middle line. You know what I mean? If, if on a two uh, a two lane highway or not highway, but uh, like a secondary, I forget the right phrase. It's like a secondary highway. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a highway, but it's where there's a lot of traffic. It happens to be okay. So this law firm sued the town of Stratford for their client twisting their ankle. And when I was I was curious, I was reading the. the uh, the lawsuit complaint. And I'm reading this, I'm like, well, it's three feet from the center line that she claims she twisted her ankle. So there's no suit here. It's the, How is this even a lawsuit? Well, finally, the city settled with this law firm and the cl- and his client. And so I called up the, the law firm representing the city. Like the city has city lawyers, but usually they're higher law firm to fight certain things. And I think it was Jackson Law, best as I can remember. And I said, let me ask you something. Why did you settle in the pellets for, for 18500 Because you have no liability when, unless at that distance from the sun line, you have no liability. I said, well, the lawyer uh, 
lost, and then they, he appealed it, and then he appealed it again, and it just became so expensive to litigate. Typically, if it's they don't want people to know this, but typically, it's under twenty grand. A lot of times, they'll settle this, a city, and this is common knowledge amongst the lawyers, slip and fall lawyers, because they paper snow and they paper snow and they paper snow the corrupt attorneys. And then at some point, it's a cost benefit analysis for the cities and yeah. to pay it off. When I was That's living, I, yeah. I was a kid. When I was a kid and I was living on Staten Island in New York, mm. and there was a guy who lived, a neighbor who lived across the street from me, mm-hmm. and he made his living suing. He made his living basically suing the suing the city of New York, and he was open about it. He he loved it. He didn't try to hide it. Mm-hmm. He would tell him. He would tell everyone. That's how I make my money. I sue the city, and he actually did. He made a living suing the city. Things like that, I guess. Right? You you kind of slip and you fall here. You slip on a banana peel there, and you sue and you win. Well, and, what happens? What happens is you you appeal. So if you lose your appeal, then you could have, you know, you take it to a higher court. You know, let's say you fight in state court and you you may lose your appeal. You may lose. You can take it uh, to this. There's three levels in every court on the state and federal level. You got three shots. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you got the, the lower courts. You got the appellate courts. You have the Supreme Court in the state and on the federal level. So. When it comes to something like that, they'll just keep ramping it up. And at some point, like again, I, I was shocked that, that typically if it's under 20 grand and it's a slip and fall and involves the city, usually they eventually pay off just to yeah. end it. And the, the slip and fall law firms know that. They know yeah. that. So it's easy money for them. I mean, paper, it's just, they're scumbags. And this is what they do and they make a living on it. You know, you know what I've noticed a lot lately? I've actually joined a couple of these things where I get an email and I say, if you were an AMC Plus subscriber, mm-hmm. you know, what they're finding now is that a lot of these, you know, these things you sign up for, these companies like ESPN, AMC, of- they have allowed your data that uses data, right, illegally, I guess, to go out. So they'll say there was a big data breach. ESPN had this or this company had this huge data breach and we're filing a class action lawsuit that's worth $35 billion. And if you had ESPN on this, in this time period, we want you to join. Mm. So if I join, you know, and it's like, it's amazing. Sometimes you get, all of a sudden you get a notice and say, okay, your, 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 your part is $400. And how do you want the money? I mean, it's amazing how many lawsuits oh. there are these days. In yeah. fact, Facebook has one now. Actually, I went on Facebook about a really? month ago. And as soon as I opened it up, actually, Facebook itself, I guess, had to legally, for some reason, put out some kind of a thing which said, if you you can join this class action lawsuit against uh, against Facebook. <laughs> was that for censorship? Was that for internet yes, censorship? Yes, it was something to do with, it was, I think, it, maybe, I think it had something to do with censorship. Yeah. Wow. And, and they said, okay. I said, sure. So I filled out the form, you know, and it's amazing that you can be part of like six or seven of these lawsuits at the same time, as long as you, get, you know, qualify for them. So I'm going to check it out because I, I call it Fable Book. They banned me over COVID issues. I have yeah, a lot of this stuff is either it's either censorship based or data based, mm-hmm. like your data was uh, released or something, your, your, you know, private data breaches and that kind of stuff. Well, and. That- these 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 lawyers these law firms are on top of it these days you know they they know they can make easy money 
a lot of yeah. yeah. class action on censorship is something ethically I would join because it happened. Well, and these are corporations. Yeah. Screw them. If they broke the law, they should be mm-hmm. sued. Yeah, yeah. Um, this uh, funny story. So I remember I told you about the law firm that uh, sued the town of Stratford. So that law firm actually had me arrested. Their client con matter five grand, and it turned out she was a, a, a felon on probation for larceny for forty seven k. Right. So when I found that, I didn't find that. I found that there's something called Connecticut Judicial Case Lookup. You can look up a case because it's in the public domain. And a friend of mine said, Did you, you got to do a background check on this girl? And I said, ah, I got duped. You know, I did a good Samaritan thing and, you know, I got duped. She goes, let's check it out. So, oh my God, look at this. There was a, the arrest, the, the on probation for larceny. Then there was these, these civil suits that, this attorney was filing for and lost her firm in the area. And so uh, anyway, when I kind of confronted this girl about it, um, who I helped her get a job, I, I made sure she had a car to get to work. And, that, and she was restitution upon employment. Weren't for me, she'd be back in prison because I made sure she got job training and got right. a job. Made sure she had a rental car. Then she, she balked on the payment. I didn't know anything about her history. I just, I'd been suicidal in and out of psych wards at one point due to uh, issues that uh, came forward when my parents died and that were severe. Um, that caused me to, uh, you know, it's called transference triggers from childhood, whatever. Mm-hmm. So without getting any more detail, because it's a difficult story. So I was in a vulnerable place and that's how I got duped and uh, didn't know uh, that there were people out there that could be that uh, predatory and uh so anyway so uh, uh i go into the lawyer's office and uh I'd been there several times secretary was really nice trying to help me and after six times going in there um i needed my money um you know when you write checks off your credit card and then the time expires next thing you know ruins your credit and you're paying yeah, money. of course yeah that's what happened and she promised me she had the money it was in escrow with this law firm that she'd had before me but the lawyer father did die and so he was away temporarily that checked out and so I was like, okay, it's an escrow. When he comes back, you will have paid no worries. Well, that's not how it worked. He hadn't settled yet with anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. He ended up, he ended up uh, racking up a couple lawsuits with her that he was litigating. At slip and falls, uh, car accident lawsuits, ambulance chasing lawsuits. So finally, I finally went in there and I'm talking to the secretary. I said, listen, I got to meet with them. Is he in today? And she says, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. I said, well, how about his partner? Is he in today? I'm sorry, I can't tell you. <laughs> I said, well, is he in court? Do you expect him back anytime soon? She goes, I really like to help you, but I can't. I said, I know how to solve this. I used to carry a pocket Bible on me. I pulled up my pocket Bible mic and I said, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen, Lord Jesus. I Are just started praising Jesus. Yes, I did. I started <laughs> praising Jesus as long as I could because I'm like, this place is <laughs> dead. You know what I mean? And so I was praising <laughs> Jesus. You know, ah, woo. I, I, was, I knew I'd flush him out. You know what I mean? I you could be such a showman, Bill. I love being an entertainer. We used to be able to go out and sing karaoke. I had the best time singing the rap. That's pack. hilarious. That's so hilarious. So now, the attorney comes out, and it's one of the seniors, his partner, who happens to have a relative who was administrative judge, right? And so he comes out, and he says, what's going on here? And I said, well, 
your client this and that. And I want to know where your partner is because, who's by the way, his his partner has a relative that's a prosecutor. Right. So the real kid, you know what I mean? And in Corrupticate, that's what we call it here because yeah. it's the second smallest state in the, in the United mm-hmm. States. And it's very incestuous. Who's related to who? Who's married to who? And, and yeah, the worst, one of the worst senators, Chris Murphy. I can't stand that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Our mayor, Mayor Gannam in Bridgeport was in prison seven years for fraud and while he was in yeah. office. It comes out the police. The Bridgeport police got behind him. He's our mayor again. It's freaking Gotham City. You can't make. Let me tell you, Mike. You talk about no respect. I get no respect when I fight the corruption there. No respect. It is rough oh, here. I you know. know. I know. So, so I, I I know it's the end of your show. So 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 I try and give you the rest of the story. So, from praising Jesus, I feel good when the cops come. This girl's on probation for larceny. Hopefully, I'll get her rearrested for violating probation because she conned me on the false pretense, you know, and I have disabilities. I'm hoping to cut. So, so anyway, so, so I'm trying to talk to this guy, the, the senior partner, and he says to the secretary, give me the phone. He gets on the phone. Now, by then I had sat down in the waiting room chair. I'm like, how the heck with this? I'll just wait here. And he gets on there and says, there's a large man here threatening us. A large man. <laughs> Yo, well, I was 400 pounds, six, I'm bigger than Eric Gardner. So he's, there's a large man here threatening us. And so, of course, I'm like, really? Pretty? Jesus. I was like, good. So the cops could hear it, right? And then and I'm saying, eh, praise Jesus. Of and course. Those, and those are considered, you, you saying praise Jesus was considered a threat to them? Well, that's what, you know, he didn't say that. If, in other words, I flushed him out by saying praise Jesus. So he says to me, shut up and get out of my chair. And all I can say back to him was praise Jesus. Now I'm sitting down you know, in his waiting room chair and praising Jesus. And I'm a threat to him. Really? So anyway, so I'm like, this is freaking what a fiasco. So, and what a scumbag I yeah. have you know had on me, my pocket Bible. That's it. I had no weapon. I'm like, that was, I threatening him. I, I could barely walk, you know what I mean? You can run circles yeah. around me. I freaking threaten him. So, so that's just what a low life he is. Right. So I, I'm like, Oh, the hell with this. I, I, I Call the police up, dispatch, and I said, listen, I'm not threatening anybody, and I give the dispatch the rundown. In the meantime, he had called the cops. So I start lumbering down the hallway. He was a sweet 10, so I got a long hallway to go down. These two cops arrived. The police station's literally three miles away. This is my first arrest. I'm not even three miles, three minutes down the road, right? Trumbull, you know, two traffic lights away. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and so... There's two cops come down the hallway. Now, I weigh both of them together because I was 430 pounds at the time. And uh, when I get big, I look like Popeye's arch nemesis. You know, I, I, my shoulders, my Bluto? head. Bluto? Yeah, Bluto, Bluto, Bluto. <laughs> yeah, Bluto. And uh, so these two cops maybe weigh buck 80 piece, you know. And uh, they're not big, but 5'10". They were, you know, maybe even 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". So, so anyway, and so... Cop says to me as I as I'm walking towards, how you doing, brothers? What's happening today? Praise Jesus! Did you hear me? I'm praising Jesus. How you doing today? <laughs> so, that's, anyway, that's so the, this is what a little like this the law firm was. You talk about lawyers. So, so the cop says to me, you know, empty, you know, give me what you got in your hand and uh, put your hands against the wall. I have my pocket Bible in my hand. I'm like here. Check it out. I said, there's no mini machine gun inside the book, you know, the yeah. Bible. You know what I mean? The, the old mafia thing, you get a book and there's a, a handgun in there. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mean, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No mini pistol, I should say. So, 
So he looks at me and he goes, what's that paperwork you got in your hand? I said, oh, it's off Connecticut Judicial. This client's a felon on probation for larceny. The slip and fall scumbag, you know, in this law firm. And he owes me five grand. And I go to, cop looks at me. He, he, I didn't even get my hands against the wall yet. He looks at me, taps around the shoulder. He goes, come on, let's get out of here. These attorneys are no good. I said, you've been here before. He goes, come on. Is that what he said? Yeah, literally. That's, that's, come on, brother. Hey, hey, Bill, Bill, uh, let me let you go because I want to wrap the show up. Oh, shoot. Anyway, I ended up in arrest because the third cop got called and did the dirty. I had 22 months I was prosecuted for praising Jesus, sitting down in a corrupt attorney's office. True story. That's true. 22 that's, months. That's funny stuff, Bill. You're a funny guy. I mean, I, I like I like, I like, like the showmanship you have, Bill. I like <laughs> But, you know, in some of these places, a Bible is more threatening to them than a gun. That's how crazy these people are. I did want to get to one final tidbit, a story. And I'll maybe I'll, I'll go into it in more depth tomorrow. But, you know, the NAACP, you know, speaking of uh, scumbag organizations, uh, put out, you know, this advisory against uh, telling LGBT people and people of color not to go to Florida because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Of course, this is only done for political purposes because Ron DeSantis is not running for president. But just let me give you some numbers, some quick numbers. When it comes to hate-based crimes, crimes based on race, let's say, there are about 14 hate crimes per million black residents in Florida. You know how many there are in New York per million? 54. Hey, you know how many there are in my state of California, Gavin Newsom's California? 233. And if you count all people of color in these calculations, not just black residents, the stats would be even more skewed in favor of Florida being the safest. Even though Florida has the fewest white people out of all these states, causing the denominator of Florida's calculation to be highest, they also have the fewest total hate crimes based on race, causing their numerator to be the lowest. On hate crimes against, let's say, LGBT individuals, hate crimes based on sexual orientation plus those based on gender identity. It's much of the same story. In Florida, there are about 30 anti-LGBT motivated hate crimes per million people. How many there are in New York? 97. And in my state of California, run by the hair gel king himself, 144. So once again, these are the numbers. These are the stats. But the NAACP and the left, they don't care about stats. It's absolutely hilarious that they put out this advisory against LGBT people going to Florida when um, that's the place that millions of gays flock to during every fucking holiday, okay? Whether it be spring break, whether it be Moral Day weekend, whether it be Pride Weekend in June, whatever it may be, gay people flock to Florida. They love Southern Florida, especially. They love going to Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, Miami. That's all they do, the gays, is flock to Florida from places like New York and California. As I've said before, the quality of life there, the the weather, the food, the atmosphere, the safety of it, everything is head over heels better than most places in New York and California, which is why they go there. So everyone knows this is 
including liberal gays and lesbians, they know this is bullshit, 100% bullshit, but they'll play along with it for now because you got to hate Ron DeSantis. But once again, proving the NAACP is simply just an arm of the DNC. They're just an arm of the Democratic Party. That's all they are. They're all politically motivated scumbags. They do nothing. The NAACP does nothing for black people, just like the ACLU does nothing for our civil liberties as they sat there with their thumbs up their ass. Now, you know what? It would have been bad enough if they sat there with their thumbs up their ass during the COVID mandates, the draconian COVID mandates, including the worst of them, the, the vaccine mandate. But they actually came out in support of these things, trying to show how civil liberties are, are, are furthered by making people get the vaccine. So once again, these organizations do nothing for people. They're purely political entities run by Democrat-controlled scumbags. And everyone knows it, and it's absolutely hilarious that the NAACP is now putting out travel advisories for, Cal- for, for Florida, not for Detroit, not for inner-city Detroit, not for inner-city Chicago, not for New York, not for San Francisco, not for Los Angeles, not for the inner cities where black crime is rampant, especially black-on-black crime. No advisories telling blacks or gays or lesbians not to go to these places, but Florida. Don't go to Florida. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I think we did a good show today. Some good calls, some good diversity. There's diversity here. I believe in diversity. This show was very diverse. I think it was a very diverse show. I want to remind everyone that the name of the show is in Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll be with you tomorrow night for a big Friday show. We'll talk about a lot of stuff, and we'll have some film reviews at the end of the show. All right? So I will also give you advice on what to do with your weekend. You literally get everything here from A to Z, everything, full service show, full service show. But until then, until tomorrow night, this is Mike Chopley once again, reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.